the meta trend is in more money going into sort of hard problems, you know, the real questions. Welcome to Mission Capital, the Invest Austria podcast. We talk with private capital investors about growing and scaling innovative companies. My name is Laura. I'm happy to welcome Chris today. We will talk about tech trends for 2023 and also about the startup scene in Europe. Hi, Chris. Nice to have you. Could you introduce yourself shortly to our listeners? Hey, Laura. Absolutely. Great to be here. So my name is Chris Cesarian. I run the intelligence team at Sifted. If you're not familiar with Sifted, the first question is, where have you been the last few years? But just in case, uh, we're a publication that covers tech and startup trends and news all across Europe. I run the intelligence team, uh, which focuses on everything that comes after the news. So we're looking at trends and analysis, and we produce lots of regular reports and briefings for our audience so they know what's uh, going on in European tech. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. As we're nearly reaching the end of the year of 2022, I think you're the perfect person to talk to today, especially as we want to go deeper into trends for 2023 and also tell or give insights on what investors should focus on next year. But we will start with our three entry questions for today. One word about the tech ecosystem in Austria versus in the UK. Ooh, emerging versus established. Hard one. <laughs> One wish for the future of the European startup ecosystem. My wish for the European startup ecosystem would be that it starts believing in itself and stops trying to prove itself all the time. Yeah, it would be great if we could reach that point. And what was the most important learning from your journey? It builds off the last question, which is that this is a real vibrant ecosystem. It's very geographically fragmented, but there is a, a lot of really amazing stuff happening all across Europe. And it's not immediately visible at first glance, which is fun. Yeah, we really need to start believing in Europe and start believing in ourselves as a startup ecosystem. Today, we're going to talk about the year 2022 and about predictions, which weren't always true. And we will also go into the year 2023, talk about what we can expect and what is also important for investors to consider next year. Just to give a few examples of predictions which weren't always meant to be true. Thomas Watson, the former chairman of IBM, said in 1943, I think there's just a market for maybe five computers. Bill Gates also announced the internet is just a hype. And Steve Jobs shared in 2003 that the subscription model for business and music has failed. Hmm, I think we all know the right solution to these predictions. And today I'm going to be excited, Chris, what you're going to tell us. And we already are starting with our, with our first question. How do you forecast the trends in the future? And also, what's your approach on that? Just before we get into that, you know, the easiest way to be right about predictions is to just make lots of predictions. And eventually you'll get one of them right and you can talk about it for a long time. So we try not to make too many predictions because I think most people realize that. But I, I like your use of the word forecasting and, and trying to pull out trends. Um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that. And I guess the trap everyone falls into when, when looking at trends and analysis is just to extrapolate things forward. Uh, and we know that doesn't work. And a lot of people who do that often get caught up uh, in a lot of sort of unpleasant situations. And this has been a perfect year for that, where if you pulled forward all of the trends of last year, you would be in a very different place compared to where we are this year. So what we try to do is not extrapolate forward. 
And in, in my team, in contrast to the editorial team at Sifted, which is very much focused on, on the news and, and what's going on currently, we try not to look at the news too much. And that will, will maybe sound a bit strange. But news in isolation, by definition, is sort of one big event. What we try to do is pick up on all of the non-newsworthy events, all the quiet things that are happening around different ecosystems, none of which individually is very interesting. But if you can track all of them and begin to notice a trend and see if there's something noteworthy within all of those small events, you can package them up actually. And if you can spot the trend early, that might become newsworthy. So I, I think I view the world a lot in this kind of noteworthy versus news, newsworthy distinction. So no extrapolation and not to look at the news too much, trying to look at the underlying trend and what's actually happening. Yeah, I think this is a really essential approach, especially for the startup world, as we can't just look back in the past and draw predictions for the future as it's changing so much. And I think especially the last few years have shown us how much everything can change, how markets can expand or break down completely. Um, so it's really fascinating to hear more about your approach and how um, you do the forecastings we all also rely on in a certain way. And uh, maybe to come to a trend which you have predicted but wasn't um, wasn't realized. Um, can you give us an example of that? I think at the end of last year, we were all very cautious in our predictions, sort of talking about how, you know, markets might quiet down a little bit. A little bit of the froth might come out of the market. Uh, and I don't think anyone really truly understood the extent to which markets would fundamentally change uh, and the extent to which the, the period of cheap money and unlimited free money would, would come to an end. And that's really hit people this year. You know, if this time last year you would be saying the big tech companies would be killing uh, massive amounts of headcount or cutting lots of headcounts, a better way of putting it. I'm not sure people would have accepted that at face value and that a lot of deal making would have paused for the majority of this year and that public valuations would would still be in the tech sector like way below where they were this time last year. I don't think anyone really saw that coming and the extent to which it's it's hit everyone in the in the ecosystem. And the reason for that I think is you know everyone looks at the past 5 years chart and it's kind of always been going in one direction for the past 5 years. There's just this natural tendency even if you know it that trend line isn't going to pull forward exactly in the way that your extrapolation might suggest actually visualizing it go completely the, the other way is something that's really hard to do and we're sort of naturally not set up to to imagine a complete change in, in dynamics right we tend to think things will be mostly as they were before that's kind of some uh, basic piece of, of, of human nature so i think a lot of people got caught out from that yeah totally agree and i think we especially always think that markets will go up we will go keep growing and there will be better opportunities coming and there will be a better time to invest or also to start fundraising and i think if we would have known one year ago how this year would work out i think every startup would have been fundraising in the first quarter of 2022 and all investors would have maybe waited with their investment a little longer so i think yeah Sometimes it can be really hard to draw good predictions and also to, yeah, especially for our startups and investors to know when it's a good time to fundraise and also when it's a good time to invest. But as the year 2022 is already over and we can't change that much anymore, we should look and focus on the year 2023. And here, uh, my question would be, what brands do you see coming? And we also had the release of the European State 
of Tech from Atomico last week. So also if you have some con some conclusions about that, it um, would be great to go into it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the trends, th this is not Atomico data, it's it's our data because we've, we've been doing a lot of end of year wrap up, but it, it will be similar, is in 2022, the volume of funding is down 27% in euro terms, and the number of rounds is down 35% from the all time peak basically of, of last year. And so those are actually big numbers of less deals going on and, and less funding happening. So the reason I'm bringing this up is there is still an awful lot of dry powder out there in the market and a lot less deals have been done this year. I think at some point next year, deals will start getting done again. It might not be at the same velocity as last year and the same amounts of capital committed, but money needs to start moving. Otherwise, you're going to have a whole lot of uh, capital allocators with a, with a problem of sitting on too much money that they can allocate into startups. So I, could, I think the number of early stage rounds will pick up again next year because there's been such a drop off this year. Would you predict either like in the beginning, in the middle or in the end of next year? This year, everyone who was in the business of making predictions said deal making was done until the end of the summer. Then the end of the summer came and then everyone said until the end of the year. So that's already been pushed back here a bit. It's it's very hard to say. I wouldn't be surprised if, if people want to take the beginning of the year to take stock. And then towards the end of Q1, it will basically be a full 12-month cycle that deal making has been quieter because it really started to drop off at the end of Q1 this year. So probably after that point, after a whole year of trying to take things easier and having their foot off the gas, probably seems like a natural point that people start feeling as though they have to start doing deals even if they're not at the most favorable terms. But who knows? That's a really hard one. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> I think everybody wants to know that for next year. Yeah. If you're going to pin me, I'll say Q2 next year. Perfect. We take that uh, for sure. And do you see certain industries or stages where investors should focus to get the most out of um, the unclear situation of 2023? Yeah. So an interesting trend that we picked up in the drop for funding this year was that fintech and health tech were particularly badly affected. The relative amount of money going into them has really dropped compared to previous years. I see that reversing because I think the, the meta trend, and we'll, we'll go into this later perhaps, is in more money going into sort of hard problems, you know, the real questions. We, we know that societally, a lot of real world problems are starting to bite. So there are some fundamental questions about the really basics of society, how we house ourselves, how we feed ourselves, how we move around as a society. And that goes all the way through to our healthcare and our financial well-being. And these are difficult industries to operate in. They're highly regulated. They're highly fragmented nationally. Every country in Europe has its own regulations for, for those sectors. Um, and in a sort of unfavorable macro environment, it's really hard to say what's going to happen in those. Um, but that's where I think the most opportunity is because they've, they've suffered from a, deal, a lack of deal making this year. And I'm sure great businesses will be built in those, in those verticals. And so my, my one line prediction would be the very hard sectors that deal with the real issues that people are facing and tend to be quite highly regulated because they've been a bit overlooked um, in the last few years where there's been a lot of mo money flowing into things like consumer facing direct to consumer type opportunities 
um, will have a bit of a rebound because we need them to societally. There's no other way. There are real problems to be solved. And so whoever gets to solve them will, will do very well. Yeah, definitely. Maybe 2023 is the year to focus on the real problems we face and not just on uh, optimizations of smaller features. In general, where do you see the, the B2C sector going next year? It's, it's uh, <laughs> if again, okay, where do I see uh, B2C going? I don't think anyone is very bullish on B2C right now. We, we held a, a round table last month at Sifted where we spoke with a whole bunch of consumer focused investors and consumer startups. And the vast majority of them were finding a way to pivot into B2B if possible. That is very, very clear. Uh, business revenues are much more defensible, much stickier, and consumers are extremely squeezed right now. So I don't think there's a lot of appetite for investing in consumer startups at the moment. And I see that carrying through into next year. Yeah, we will see in the end of next year how this has turned out. But as we said in the beginning, we need a lot of predictions that one of them is going to be true. That's right. <laughs> I can make another consumer prediction just, just to up the volume so one of them has a higher chance of being right. Um, there is, there is the phenomenon of, of consumer discretionary spend, um, trading down a notch in a, in a, in a recession. So people who used to spend on hyper luxury just spend on luxury. People who used to spend on luxury spend on, you know, upper mid market type stuff. So everyone just kind of coming down. There are some categories within consumer that will benefit from that it's it's often called the lipstick phenomenon it's, it's probably not really relevant anymore because I, i'm not sure how many people wear lipstick these days um but it was expressed as a kind of you know the small luxuries in life you know instead of buying something big and expensive what's a small thing that you can buy that will make you feel you know good about yourself and so that gets expressed people use express it as the lipstick phenomenon i think um at the moment, one way of expressing it is like in the coffee shop phenomenon. You know, you might not go out for a big meal with a friend because that's expensive, but you might go out for a nice coffee to your favorite coffee shop, right? So you trade down the amount of expenditure. And there will be certain bands in the consumer economy at the kind of edges of those segments that do well because people trade down into them. But that is obviously quite hard to map. But people in the consumer economy will be looking at how they can benefit from that changing shift in, in spending pattern. So not everyone will be a loser in consumer, but the category as a whole, um, I don't think is going to have a great year. I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, I think this is really important to consider, especially for B2C-focused investors, also in the angel sector, to really clearly think about um, which markets or which consumer fragments are affected and which will benefit. Um, thanks for sharing this today. Maybe switching um, to another topic, on your website it says that Europe has created a decentralized Silicon Valley. Um, what do you mean by that and how do you see the European startup ecosystem in general? The European, yes, I mean, I agree with that. It's on our website. <laughs> this is one where we can maybe reference the Atomico report because this is a good one. They've got a nice... Um, They've got a nice uh, slide on this one or a nice page on it. So if you, if you look at the, the total uh, countries in Europe where the increased percentage of, of capital invested has, has gone up, the top 10, not the leading ecosystems traditionally in Europe. So the top 10 countries for increased capital invested this year in Europe are Croatia, Iceland, Portugal, Greece, Switzerland, Italy, Estonia, Serbia, Romania, and the Czech Republic. 
Uh, and that it is testament to the nature of this fragmented ecosystem. Now, granted, almost all those countries are starting from a relatively low base of funding, and it's much easier to have big increases in percentage funding for those. I mean, total levels of funding are still much less than from the from the bigger countries, but that is still indicative of the momentum from those ecosystems that they're growing very quickly from an admittedly small base. So yeah, we do have a, a very fragmented, we can call it Silicon Valley, but let's call it a, a startup ecosystem across Europe. And it's very exciting that these small ecosystems are, are really, really growing. I mean, we're talking several hundred percent growth. So, you know, they're, they're really doubling uh, all the time. And then by contrast, the, the biggest drops in um, relative funding are countries like the Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, Norway. This is again reading the, the, the list top to bottom. The UK is in the middle of it, uh, about minus 25%. So you see then that, again, they're coming from a much bigger base, but they're suffering uh, relative declines in the amount of capital committed within those ecosystems. I have to give one caveat, though, that these trends, especially for the mature ecosystems, are being driven a little bit by the lack of mega rounds. So I don't know if this is a different question of yours, but one of the trends that we definitely saw this year was no mega rounds. We're seeing much less new unicorns being minted. We're seeing, we're seeing the top end of valuations suffering a lot. And so in the interest of, of making predictions, I will say I, I expect that to carry on into next year. I don't think valuations will go crazy again next year we'll still be looking at much more modest valuations to go a little deeper into this where do you see in general the the exit or m&a market going next year which also correlates probably to valuations in general that's a great question on m&a and we've, we've we're doing our own end of year report that will come out this week and we've got a whole section on on m&a activity and i think this is one of the areas that is chronically undercovered in the ecosystem we always talk about big IPOs, but the vast majority of startups will not exit via IPO. They will exit via M&A. And so in terms of recycling capital back into the ecosystem, it's a huge, huge driver that is relatively undercovered. So this year, realized exits in Europe were at the lowest level from the last seven years. So it's been a very, very quiet year for M&A, for tech startups in Europe. Yeah, which also means that investors got low returns or don't have that much money at the moment to to invest again. Or just to or to recycle. I, I think the the number the the amount of dry powder and new funds committed is still exceptionally high. So investors still have money, but they, they haven't exited their position. So there's still a lot of positions in, in the portfolios. Um, that will that will go out into next year. Some of them, if there was favorable market conditions, would have exited this year and then that would just have to go into next year. Yeah, perfect. Thank you a lot for your insights. Um, maybe we end this episode with one last prediction for the year 2023 from your side. Then we really have a lot in that podcast today. So I don't want to predict doom and gloom. I think it's very tempting at the moment for because everyone extrapolates right we had a bad year this year which means we'll have an even worse year next year once you get into that negative mindset it's very easy to project that forward i don't think so i'm actually going to be really bullish i think really big things will be started next year there are a lot of people going through quite hard times at the moment being laid off from their jobs being made redundant having to evaluate their per personal situations and out of those situations new companies will be formed and so I think a lot of very talented people who've been active in this ecosystem for many years now that have really great experience and, and know how to build are going to start new projects. Some because they just see the opportunity, but some because they have to. 
And we probably won't hear about most of them next year. You know, it takes time to get things off the ground. We probably will only start hearing about them the year after. So I don't know if I'm sort of evading your question again. But a lot of amazing companies will be founded next year. But we won't hear about most of them until the year afterwards. That's my final prediction. Perfect. I think also a great way to end this podcast for today, staying optimistic and also exciting for 2023. And it was really nice to have you, Chris. And yeah, thank you all for listening in. My pleasure. Thanks, Laura. Dieser Podcast wird produziert von Stefan Tesch.